It's time. Time for what, you might ask? It's time to optimize your health and upgrade your life. Cutting-edge research, biohacks, ancestral wisdom, wellness, intuition, and more. This is The Synthesis of Wellness. Your host and biohacker Chloe Porter has a background in engineering, innovation, and research. Her analytical background coupled with her journey in overcoming a brain tumor and defeating several chronic illnesses enables her to approach health and wellness in an innovative way. And now more than ever, she is ready to share her biohacking secrets and expose cutting edge research. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. to another episode of the Synthesis of Wellness podcast. If you're new, welcome. I'm Chloe Porter, and I'm an engineer, former laboratory research scientist, now author, and I'm also a model. If you are a returning listener, if you like the podcast, definitely head on over to my socials on Instagram at Synthesis of Wellness. I share all of my daily routines, hacks, um, personal lifestyle, health and wellness research, biohacks, you name it. I share it all over on at Synthesis of Wellness. And oftentimes I even present the information in really bite-sized pieces so they're just easy to read quickly while getting as much value from them as possible. Now, before we get into the meat of today's episode, if you've been following along for a while, especially over on my socials at Synthesis of Wellness on Instagram, you know that I've been working on a publication for quite a long time now, and after diving into and just compiling some amazing research from 200 scientific research studies, working with prestigious doctors, and reviewing the book for myself a myriad of times, I was ready to bring it forth on September 15th, 2023. So my book, 75 Gut Healing Strategies and Biohacks is available and out right now. The easiest way to order is probably through Amazon, but you can go through Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, really wherever books are sold. And if you do, definitely tell me about it. So the book was just released again, like I said, to the public on September 15th, which is super exciting. And it really could truly serve as a guide to having fewer food sensitivities, lowering your GI inflammation, using biohacks so you can eat the foods you love, combating gut infections or dysbiosis, really just optimizing your digestion overall, and so much more. So definitely go check it out. I'll put the link below in the show notes. And if you do, tell me about it. I love hearing um, some of the amazing stories I've already heard. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you that tells me about it. Okay, so with that said, let's dive right in. So today, I want to talk about peptide bioregulators. 
So I've talked about these before, but today we're specifically talking about three specific immune system thymus peptide bioregulators called Vylon, Thymogen, and Christogen. And the reason I also want to touch on some immune-supporting peptide bioregulators today is because the seasons are changing and it's around that time of year people do get a little bit of a cold or flu season, whatever it is. But really, I'm just a strong proponent of supporting the immune system overall. So things like the common cold, candida even, you know, those fungal infections, um, the flu, etc. They're just not things that I want. And just like everybody else, I'm, I'm sure. But in today's society of this constant bombardment of toxic exposure and truly just immune systems gone rogue, whether it's not functioning enough, you know, immunocompromised, maybe over-functioning, imbalanced. It's truly just a society of immune systems gone rogue. So I personally, I love having tools in my toolbox for supporting and balancing immune function. Now, before getting too much into those three peptides that I just mentioned, though, I do want to give some quick context as to what the thymus gland is and does. And even before getting into that, I do want to lay the foundation by super quickly going through the different types of white blood cells and the role that they play in either the innate, which is like our body's first line defense, or adaptive immune responses. So really just laying the foundation for the immune system in general before we get into the thymus gland. So white blood cells, okay? We know these are crucial components of the immune system. They originate from hematopoietic stem cells, which I might just abbreviate HSCs from now on, within the bone marrow. So these stem cells within the bone marrow are like the parent cells to all white blood cells. Now, these stem cells give rise to various distinct types of white blood cells, each with its specialized functions in immune defense. And among these differentiated white blood cells, we've got what are called granulocytes. So these are characterized by having granules in their cytoplasm, and they include things like neutrophils. These are those rapid first responders against bacterial infections. These also include eosinophils. These are involved in allergic responses and combating parasitic infections even. And we've even got basophils, largely involved in allergy, contributing to inflammation, and even releasing histamine. Now, another white blood cell type responsible for releasing histamine and is also technically classified as a granulocyte is called the mast cell, which I know a lot of my um, biotoxin audience out there can probably relate to having something called mast cell activation syndrome. So just bearing that in mind. Okay, now in addition to these granulocytes, we have two other kind of categories if we're simplifying things, and these are monocytes and lymphocytes. So starting with monocytes, 
These are large cells with phagocytic abilities, which basically means that they can clear pathogens and cellular debris while also having the potential to differentiate into tissue-specific macrophages. Now, moving on to the third category, which is lymphocytes. So lymphocytes form a crucial part of adaptive immunity and include things like T lymphocytes, T cells, which encompass helper T cells, CD4, cytotoxic T cells, CD8, regular regulatory T cells, Tregs, and others, which play essential roles in cell-mediated immune responses. But then we also have another category of lymphocytes called B lymphocytes, and these are abbreviated B cells. You'll see a lot. And these are responsible for antibody-mediated immunity. So T lymphocytes, we got that cell-mediated, and here we've got antibody-mediated immunity because they generate antibodies to neutralize pathogens. Now also categorized as lymphocytes are those larger natural killer cells. Okay, so to recap all of that, and just for the sake of brevity, we have three kind of basic categories of these white blood cells. Granulocytes, like neutrophils, basophils, eosinophils, and even mast cells monocytes like dendritic cells and macrophages and lymphocytes like the B and T lymphocytes and then those larger lymphocytes called natural pillar cells. And each of these specific cell types within these categories can be part of the body's innate immune system or part of the adaptive immune system. So that's what we're going to talk about next. So the innate immune system serves as the body's rapid first-line defense against pathogens. It includes cells like those neutrophils and even monocytes that quickly recognize common features of invaders. Some of those common features are like the bacterial cell walls or even viral proteins. And when they recognize these invaders, they do so using what are called pattern recognition receptors, PRRs. So once these cells recognize the invader, they can use phagocytosis to engulf the pathogens. These innate cells, like the neutrophils, the monocytes, etc., these then release inflammatory mediators. Think cytokines, chemokines, etc., to combat infections and possibly even to stimulate the immune response even more. Now, moving on to the adaptive immune system. So the adaptive immune system is characterized by its specificity and memory. So essentially, it is much more specific, not as general as that innate immune system, and it can remember pathogens. So it mainly involves T lymphocytes, those T cells, and B lymphocytes, B cells. Now, T cells, especially the cytotoxic T cells, CD8, are vital for recognizing and destroying infected host cells. On the other hand, those helper T cells, CD4, coordinate immune responses and activate other immune cells. Now, moving on to B cells, 
kind of as we mentioned earlier, B cells produce antibodies that precisely target and neutralize specific pathogens. But basically what we need to know is that the adaptive immune system's hallmark feature is memory, allowing it to recognize and respond more effectively to previously encountered threats. Together though, these two branches, innate and adaptive, they do work synergistically, of course, and in the ideal scenario, to provide a comprehensive and adaptable defense against a wide range of infections and diseases. Now, I will just put it in a little bit of a side note there. Biotoxin illness, one of the hallmarks of that is the innate and adaptive immune system not being able to communicate correctly with each other. So do keep that in mind that these there can be issues with that communication. Now, that aside, so we went through the different types of white blood cells and how they're classified along with their primary uses in either that first line defense, that innate immune system, or that adaptive immune system. So now what I want to do is I want to explain a little bit more about the thymus gland and how those hematopoietic stem cells within the bone marrow actually become T cells. So though we introduced all of the different types of white blood cells just a bit ago, I want to now narrow our focus to the T cells and the thymus gland for the rest of the episode. So let's rewind a little bit. So remember that hematopoietic stem cells, which I did say earlier we we're going to call HSCs from now on, they're able to differentiate into all of the cell types we mentioned earlier, all of those white blood cell types. So let's focus on the HSC lineage path until we arrive at T cells, so that T cell lineage path. So first, HSCs differentiate into what are called lymphoid progenitor cells within the bone marrow. So we're starting with this HSC, and that is differentiating into a lymphoid progenitor cell within the bone marrow. Then what happens is these progenitor cells are still actually capable of differentiating into various types of immune cells, including the B, T, and natural killer cells. But again, we're just following that T cell lineage. So then these lymphoid progenitor cells now have to migrate out of the bone marrow into the thymus gland, which you may know, of course, is a specialized organ located in the chest area. Now, T cell development in the thymus involves a process of education. So we're kind of educating these progenitor cells and turning them into T cells, mature T cells, and selection. It is here and during this process that the T cells learn to distinguish between the self and non-self antigens. That's that education process that I was just talking about. So then the T cells that successfully pass through education and selection process, they mature within the thymus and they acquire specific T cell receptor molecules that allow them to re, excuse me, that allow them to recognize specific antigens. 
So these mature T cells then migrate from the thymus to peripheral lymphoid organs. What are these? These are like those lymph nodes, the spleen, mucosa-associated lymphoid tissues, where they sit and await activation. Now, in these peripheral lymphoid organs, mature T cells can be activated by encountering antigens presented by antigen-presenting cells. And one of those is like the dendritic cell, monocytes we talked about earlier. So these mature T cells, they can be activated by encountering an antigen given to them by an antigen-presenting cell. Now, once they are activated, the T cells can then differentiate into various other subsets, including helper T cells, those CD4s, cytotoxic T cells, CD8s, and even those regulatory T cells, which we love, Tregs. And each of these has a specific function as we just went over um, earlier very briefly. With all of that set now, you can see that the thymus gland is a critical organ of the immune system and plays a very central role in the maturation of T lymphocytes, which are essential for adaptive immune responses. Let's take a very quick break. Let me tell you about a new self-care item I discovered that has made taking time for myself even more convenient, affordable, and most of all, relaxing. The Herbal Zen is a health and wellness company based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania that specializes in handcrafting their own line of aromatherapy shower steamers. If you are new to the idea of shower steamers, you are in for a real treat. Shower steamers are similar to a bath bomb, but made for an upgraded shower experience at home. You simply place the shower steamer tablet on the shower floor directly outside of the warm water, and in just a few seconds, the tablet starts to slowly dissolve and transforms your at-home shower into a relaxing spa-like atmosphere. All of their blends are made with only pure essential oils and never any artificial fragrances, which I love. And which means you're only breathing in the natural aroma of soothing plant extracts and the therapeutic benefits associated with each essential oil. The company was founded by a pharmacist turned entrepreneur who designed their nine unique shower steamer blends, each with a purpose to target a different type of wellness including stress, relaxation, congestion, headaches, and even hangovers. And just in time for holiday shopping season, the company recently released their holiday shower steamer gift box called the Medicine Cabinet, which is a variety pack that includes seven of their best-selling steamer blends. Now this one is my absolute favorite, I will say. And not only is it the ultimate self-care gift for just about anyone on your shopping list, but it's also a great way to treat yourself. Sample seven different aromatherapy experiences with their new variety pack and find your favorite blend to buy again. Guys, this company is the real deal. Their quality is unmatched because they produce all of their products themselves in small batches from start to finish in their very own facility here in the United States. A few other reasons why we are absolutely obsessed with this brand of shower steamers is because all of their aromatherapy products are paraben-free, 
sulfate-free, and even vegan. They're so simple to use while creating a moment of meaningful self-care in your own home. Incorporating the Herbal Zen's shower steamers into your weekly self-care routine is truly a way to give yourself some well-deserved TLC to reset, recharge, and relax. You can indulge in this self-care secret at one-fourth the price of a day in the spa. Head on over to theherbalzen.com and use code CHLOE for 10% off your first order. While you're on their website, sign up for their newsletter to receive exclusive discounts and early access to holiday sales that are on the horizon for Black Friday. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Okay guys, now is when we're going to dive a bit deeper into these peptide bioregulators we talked about at the very beginning of the episode. So the three main ones we're going to dive into are Vylon, Thymogen, and Christogen. Now these are technically synthetic peptide bioregulators created using a sequence of amino acids. So for example, Vylon is a dipeptide composed of the amino acids lysine and glutamic acid. Um, Then we have thymogen, which is glutamic acid, tryptophan, dipeptide. And then christogen is a tripeptide composed of glutamic acid, aspartic acid, and proline. So all three of these peptide bioregulators were only able to be sequenced and then synthesized at one time after analyzing the polypeptide complex called thymolin, which was extracted from the thymus gland of cats. So what I'm saying is essentially what they did was they extracted this polypeptide complex and identified these three very short peptide bioregulators that they then sequenced and were able to synthesize based on these specific amino acid sequences. So also guys, if you want some more info on peptide bioregulators in general, and to know a little bit more about how they work, definitely go back to podcast episode 34, which really just gives a very nice introduction to bioregulator peptides. And actually, I think this is one of the most popular episodes right now, which I absolutely love. That's amazing because these these peptide bioregulators have so much potential, in my opinion, and I've personally used quite a few of them. But okay, I did go on a little bit of a tangent there, but really the takeaway that you need to know for this episode is that peptide bioregulators are tissue-specific, meaning that they only act within the cells of certain body tissue. So a thymus peptide, for example, extracted from the thymus gland of the calves that we were talking about earlier, a thymus peptide will work on thymus cells or immune cells. Now, the other basic piece of info that's necessary for understanding bioregulator peptides is the fact that they are extremely short sequences of amino acids, typically two to four amino acids in length. And that size is what allows them to enter the cell and cross through the nuclear membrane. So not just the cell membrane to get into the cell, but now the actual nuclear membrane in order to interact 
with a cell's genetic material or DNA and ultimately promote protein synthesis. Because that's the point of all of this. We want to be able to regulate that gene expression to promote protein synthesis that naturally even declines with age, disease, etc. Okay, with that very brief overview of these peptide bioregulators, let's go through the effects of these three bioregulators when combined, and then look at each one individually just based on some of the research in the literature. So as a whole, meaning that they were studied using that thymolin extract, which contains all three of these short peptides, it was found that the short peptides, thymogen, vylon, and christogen, when combined in that thymolin extract, activated the differentiation, increased the viability and proliferation, and reduced the apoptosis of various subpopulations of immune cells. So more differentiation, more proliferation, less apoptosis of immune cells. And this does, this makes sense considering what we know about bioregulators and considering that they're acting on the thymus which is largely involved in immune function, as we discussed earlier. So now, let's kind of take each one of these one by one. Let's take a look first at Vylon on its own. So on its own, they found that Vylon induces the expression of CD4 molecules. We've mentioned that a few times throughout the episode. Induces the expression of CD4 molecules on thymus cells which then stimulates their differentiation into T helpers. So remember we mentioned earlier CD4 cells are sometimes called those T helper cells. So Vylon is inducing the expression of that molecule, which is helping to differentiate it into a T helper cell is basically what we're saying there. Now also, in a study done on mice, this is super interesting. Vylon was shown to suppress the expression of an oncogene, a gene with potential to cause cancer, by two times. So that really goes to show how powerful these can be. Now, the last thing I want to know about Vylon is that it was shown to reduce the expression of MMP9. And the reason I want to mention that specifically among all of the other data out there is because MMP9 is often very dysregulated in cases of biotoxin illness or SIRS, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which I have personally dealt with. And I know we talk about that a lot on the podcast. So I did want to mention that. Okay, now moving on to Christogen. The effectiveness of the oral administration of Christogen was evaluated in a study on elderly and senile people with impaired immunity. So what they found was Christogen, in combination with standard treatment, contributed to the normalization of the immunogram in 82% of patients, while the normalization of the immunogram was observed in 56% of patients in the control group just receiving the standard treatment only. And as a side note to that, the immunogram is essentially just a test that demonstrates the strength and activity 
of your immune system at any particular point in time. Now, another thing they found was that Christogen had a greater effect on the T-cell element of immunity. So an increase in the number of CD4 cells and a normalization of the CD4-CD8 ratio, which we're not going to get into all of that, but that's still just, just know that the normalization of that ratio is good. That's in the right direction, right? Now, there is a less pronounced effect on B lymphocytes, which to me makes some sense since this is more affecting the thymus. But things can have systemic effects, so we're not going to limit the discussion to that. But anyways, in all patients taking Christogen, there was a decrease in the severity of chronic fatigue, which accompanies secondary immunodeficiencies. So that's also a positive, of course. Now let's move on to thymogen, just briefly. Now, studies have mainly used thymogen for the prevention and complex treatment of acute and chronic viral and bacterial diseases of the upper respiratory tract, and also for the prevention of the suppression of immunity hematopoiesis, and regeneration processes in the post-traumatic and post-operative periods. So what we're saying is it's been used previously to prevent suppression of immunity, to prevent suppression of that necessary regen process that happens after something like surgery or trauma. So that, again, is in the right direction. That's a very good thing. Now, one study in particular even showed that preoperative, so before operation, use of thymogen restored the structural and functional parameters of immunity and led to a statistically significant decrease in the number and range of post-op complications and a reduction in the post-op period in elderly patients who had tumors removed from their abdominal cavity. Pretty crazy stuff, honestly. Pretty cool. So we went through Vylon, we went through Christogen, we went through Thymogen, just briefly kind of going through a little bit of the research and literature on each one, but largely just a lot of immune regulation, which makes sense. They're all derived from that same thymolin extract. Now, before we wrap up the episode, I want to talk just briefly on administration of these three peptides. So, of course, I have seen these peptide bioregulators studied using injections, but there are some clinics and some studies out there that do use suppliers of oral capsules or even sublinguals, some sprays, lots of stuff out there nowadays. I personally am always concerned about bioavailability, and in general, sublingual has more bioavailability than oral capsules, since it can be absorbed within the oral mucosa, but injection, of course, bypasses both absorption routes. Of course, though, with all of that said, the only way to know what is appropriate is to work with an appropriate peptide-licensed physician. With all of that said, I think that is the perfect place to wrap up 
today's episode. And I know today's episode was a bit more technical and information heavy, but I do like to throw those in every now and then. And of course, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I am a strong proponent of supporting the immune system and balancing it out. So things like common colds, candida, the flu, etc., they're just not things I want. And I don't think anyone does. And in today's society of constant toxic exposure and immune systems gone rogue, I personally really like to have the tools in the toolbox for supporting and balancing my immune function. So with that said, thank you so very much for tuning in. And if you like this episode in particular, definitely leave a rating and review, screenshot it, share it to your stories over on Instagram, tag me so I can personally thank you for listening or leave a comment on my latest Instagram post. Thank you all for listening and I cannot wait to see you in the next one. Bye guys. The content provided by the Synthesis of Wellness LLC via its podcast and domain is for informational purposes only and should not be used as medical advice or as a replacement for medical care. The Synthesis of Wellness podcast, synthesisofwellness.com, the Synthesis of Wellness LLC, and Chloe Porter disclaim responsibility from adverse effects resulting from using the content provided. Please seek and consult a licensed physician for your health and medical needs. Furthermore, Chloe Porter and the Synthesis of Wellness podcast are not responsible for the opinions of guests featured on the podcast.